I think it's harder to steward less. It's harder to be faithful with less sometimes. Hello, friends. Welcome, and thanks so much for listening. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is answering his disciples' questions of when will the destruction of the temple be, what will be the sign of his coming, and the sign of the end of the age. And so Jesus is answering their questions, and he gives them some parables. He tells the parable of the ten virgins, and he says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And then he tells this parable of the talents, and he says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I talked about this, uh, a similar parable that is in Luke chapter 19 before. And I talked about how the, the real sin of the servant was not knowing the heart of his master. That because he didn't know what the master was really like, he was afraid to take risk, and so he just buried his talent. And the other two servants, uh, because they were uh, familiar with the character of the master, so they were willing to take big risks. To double your money, you have to take some pretty big risks to get that kind of return. And so because they knew the heart of the master, they were willing to take risk, and they were faithful with what they had been entrusted with. But uh, today I don't want to talk about that angle. The angle that I'd like to talk about the this parable today is that sometimes it can be much harder to steward less. That when we look around and we compare ourselves to others and we think, I don't have this influence or I don't have uh, you know, this talent or this ability— So what I do doesn't really matter. And so I just want to exhort each of us to recognize and to realize that, in fact, it does matter. Not because 
of the impact that we will have necessarily, but because it's a reflection in how we view our master. And to recognize that we serve a good, wonderful, kind God. And so the little that we have, uh, we can actually use it to honor God. Like the, the five loaves and the two fish that the little boy brought to Jesus. And he used them to feed the multitude. That when we have little, we can still honor God with it. And we, we need not bury it. We need not say, you know what, God demands the impossible. That's what the wicked servant says, right? That you try to sow where you haven't planted any seed. Well, we all know if you don't plant seed, it's impossible to expect anything to grow. And so he's accusing the master. He's basically saying, you are impossible to please, that you demand the impossible. So I was afraid of you, and I just hid your talent in the ground. And so we we can't have that kind of attitude when we uh, think about how we're going to use our life to honor God. We can't be thinking, well, God's impossible to please, and I'm I just have this little bit anyway, so I'm just not even going to use what I have for the Lord. No, we have to be faithful with whether we're a one-talent person, a five-talent person, a ten-talent person. Our joy is to be faithful with what God has given us and to let even the little bit we have reflect the goodness and the kindness and the awesomeness of God. And the way this came uh Back to my my mind, the way that I started thinking about this was that I was watching um, an X Factor audition. So it's like that one of those talent shows where the people come out and they sing and the judges judge them thumbs up, thumbs down, that kind of thing. And this guy had been trying to become a singer for so long. And Simon Cowell looks at him and says, it's time to let this go. This is never going to happen for you. And I felt bad for the guy, but at the same time, I just realized in my own experience of pursuing music and, you know, trying to be a professional musician, that God was so kind to me that God directed my life to go to China. And God called me to use music uh, and minister overseas in China <laughs> because I, I was never going to be good enough to use music to minister, you know, at a professional level in the United States. And it was God's great kindness to me to still let me use my gifts, but to direct my life to a place where I could use my gifts and, you know, I I could use my gifts and I could walk in the calling that he had given me. But it was never going to be, you know, on a national platform or, or something, you know, where... I was going to be the next Michael W. Smith or Chris Tomlin or anything like that. That's just not the amount of talent God had given me. And so watching this X Factor edition, I was just overwhelmed by God's kindness toward me, that he directed me in a way that I was still able to use my gifts, even though it wasn't going to mean, you know, I was going to be famous or I was going to have a huge platform or any of those things that sometimes uh, we tend to make the measure of success. And I'm just so grateful for God's kindness in my life. I read something similar at a different level, but uh, something similar in Fernando Ortega's blog. Fernando Ortega is a Christian artist, a really talented musician, but he wrote a really interesting uh, blog post. And you can find it if you just Google uh, Fernando Ortega blog. But in the middle of this blog post, I'll start reading from where he quotes uh, the author Flannery O'Connor. And he has a quote 
from her saying, everywhere I go, I'm asked if I think the universities stifle writers. My opinion is that they don't stifle enough of them. There's many a bestseller that could have been prevented by a good teacher. That's the end of the uh, Flannery O'Connor quote. But Fernando Ortega goes on in his blog. He says, I experienced a dramatic stifling as a musician when I was 21 years old. I flew out to the East Coast to audition for graduate schools in piano performance. I had worked hard for several years and knew my pieces well. I was practicing Chopin Ballade No. 3 one night at the Juilliard School. A friend let me in, nervous about my audition at Stony Brook the next day. Suddenly, I heard the same piece coming out of a practice room down the hall. The person playing was a fantastic pianist, technique to burn, gorgeous, mature tone, deep, thoughtful musicianship. I recognized instantly that at my very best, I would never be capable of playing the ballad as well as this person. Thoroughly intimidated, I walked down the hall and peeked into the practice room from where the incredible sound was coming. Seated at the piano was a young girl, maybe 13 or 14 years old. The lesson for me was huge and devastating. In an instant, I became acutely and painfully aware of the limitations of my gifts as a pianist. I was not a world-class pianist, as I had secretly entertained in my mind. I was merely a good pianist, better than average, but by no means gifted enough to compete in the classical world I longed to be part of. I fell into a depression that lasted two years as I began to sort out more honestly what musical talents I had been given and which talents I had not been given. I look back on the whole experience and recognize God's hand of mercy on my life. And he goes on into the in in the blog to talk about, you know, his writing process and just being honest about the things that we create and, and, and what we're trying to accomplish. But I just uh, I just wanted to encourage anyone listening that regardless of the amount that you have been given to steward, to go ahead and steward it well. You know, there are many people who are not employed as pastors who have a pastoral gifting. And so just because you don't make your living as a pastor or an evangelist or an apostle or a prophet or a teacher, don't surrender your calling to be an evangelist, a prophet, an apostle, a teacher, a pastor. Just because you're not the five-talent or the ten-talent pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, apostle, don't surrender that call. Don't bury that call in the ground. Be faithful. I think it's harder to steward less. It's harder to be faithful with less sometimes. But just be faithful and do it for the joy of your master. Do it for the joy of entering into the master's happiness, not for the applause, not for the recognition, because if you're a one-talent person, the applause and the recognition will probably never come. But just do it for the joy of Jesus. Do it to be a faithful steward of whatever he's given you, whether that be little or much. Several years ago, a friend of mine shared a prophetic word that he had heard, and I don't know if he had heard it live and in person or on a podcast or a YouTube video, but the person that he was listening to said, we're moving from a season of oak trees to lilies. That, you know, where where an oak tree, you might have had one or two or three or four of these really huge oak trees to a field of lilies where you have hundreds or thousands. 
And so basically the idea that he was communicating was as the church grows and we move into this next season that the church is coming into, and it seems like everyone, everything I hear from prophetic voices to academic books are talking about, you know, how the church is adapting to this now kind of post-Christian culture that we have in the West. And as we come into this next season, that it's not going to be about the celebrity pastors and the big, you know, um, hero Christians, but that each believer will have a role to play and that each believer can be empowered as a priest, a royal priest of Christ, the priesthood of the believers. Frank Viola wrote that the Reformation recovered the truth of the priesthood of all believers, but it failed to restore the organic practices that embody this teaching. And so maybe the next season for the church that I've talked about before, that as the church moves into embracing its identity as the ecclesia, the uh, administrative body of the kingdom of God, moving together in community, administrating God's kingdom, doing the things that Jesus did, that it will be the empowerment of every member of the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4, it says that he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So the unleashing of the saints is what the fivefold ministry is supposed to do, to equip the saints for ministry and for the saints to be equipped. All of us, one talent people, should be faithful and should rejoice in taking whatever we have, however great or little it is, and offering it for the glory of God. So God is with you. He is a generous, gracious, kind master. Take risk. Put yourself out there. Take the little you've got and let God multiply it and use it. And just do it anonymously. Don't do it for recognition. Be faithful with the one talent in anticipation of entering into the joy of your master. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. And every breeze that blows And every stream that flows we hear your tenderness in every star that glows in every cell that grows it's clear your excellence God your beautiful your soul